Okay, good morning. Welcome good back. morning, Rabbi. Okay, so we're on page 186. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Good morning. Welcome back to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we uh, are discussing stage three of the uh, transformation process from slaves in the Mitzrayim to servants of God. Exodus that culminates at Sinai. The process of that it happens. Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, months associated with Exodus, not just a month, the time of the calendar, but a particular expectation of service, of transformation. Nisan, we escape, we run away. Uh, although without feeling, we still must do. We need to go where we need to be and do the things we need to do. Uh, Iyar, that's the month of Nisan, escaping negative habits escaping negative surroundings so that I'm not that person. Here is when we actually begin the process of conversation with self to see what areas of life need to actually be transformed. We call that es the word hafach, that's the Zohar term, es and the word hafach, to actually change my, uh, my, my ideas and my feelings of life, how I view things in life, by trying to inform all of my processes of behavior with Torah information with illuminated identities of counting the Omer, Usfartem, Sapphire, Billions, illumination of higher Torah values, true Torah values into my personality and living accordingly. Actually, like we spoke yesterday, Derech Eretz, Kadmala Torah. Proper behavior is a prerequisite before Sinai. So we have counting the Omer, trying to work with our midos of life, our measures of life, in terms of interpersonal relationships in a way that expresses holiness, goodness, and, 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 and proper derecherets uh, for another person, that's kadma latora, the precedes Sinai revelation. And then we're up to number three now, the month of Sivan. The third month, the Jewish people come out to Sivan to receive the Torah. And there we become uh, totally transformed. We become people now standing at Sinai, or in proximity to Sinai, we see the mountain, as the Torah says already in the book of Exodus, prior to Revelation itself, by Yichan Shom Yisrael, and the Jewish people camped there, but it says by Yichan, and he camped there. The ability to see ourselves not by the distinctions of bodily competition, of differences between one and another in the context of the human condition, but to see ourselves defined by our neshama, our relationship with Hashem and each other from a higher perspective, a higher vantage point. And in that reality, he camps there. It's all Jewish people, as Rashi says, one person, one heart, all the millions of Jewish people see ourselves in that true core essential identity, one with Hashem. This is now the actual transformative reality of the Jew becomes an agent of God. He sees himself and herself in every context and fiber of their existence as expressions of godliness in the human condition. He doesn't see the human condition that needs to be used and channeled for holiness. He sees a dollar bill, oh, that's tzedakah. He sees the hand, that's for tefillin. He sees it initially from the get-go. He sees everything within the context of our existence as being divine expressions. 
So he doesn't live in the noise of the world that has to be transformed, given information, as to convert, to transform. He sees it all in that reality of God's presence. We call that bitlbimitzius, a total identity that becomes an expression of divine presence. And that's what Sinai and Torah is all about. To see ourselves being so intimate with divine will and wisdom that that's who we are. There's a beautiful Gemara, Masechet Kedushin, and there's two terminologies there. One term says, "Ani livresi v'shameshes kolni." I was created to serve my master. Okay, which means I'm created to serve my master. Which means I have a creation, I have an identity, I have a personality, but I have to try to make sure that I channel it in the service of a higher pur- of a higher purpose. V'shamesh es koni to serve my master. Listen to this, my friends. The Gemara says there's another version, and the Rebbe would always like the second version, which reads, Ani lo nivresi elo koni. Do you hear the difference? I wasn't created but to serve my master. In the first version, I am created. I have a person. I have an identity. I have a purpose. I have my identities. And therefore, but I have to try to see to it that I use it in a higher purposeful manner. Ani lo nivresi elo koni tells me, I have no other identity. I need loan the race. I'm not created. Oh, but if I am here, Hashem is coming. It's the service of Hashem. Very, very important nuance. That would always like to make that distinct contrast between the two different versions of the Gemara. I need loan the Oh, unless the Shamish is coming, so I'm not really here. If I am here, then that's what I'm here for. The Shamish is coming. To be, to be an agent of, of a higher divine presence. We're on page 186. And that's, and that's the Bittal B'Metzius, the third term. Not the Eskafi of Nisan. Not where I just like as control myself and I tame myself. Not the Eshabchot, whereby I try to gain a higher sense of divine personality, which is accounting of the Omer and working on my Midos, which is the month of Iyar, counting the Omer. That's, that's, called, that's all part of what we refer to as Bittal Hayesh. I'm taking my arrogance and my selfishness and my anger and my haughtiness. I'm trying to control it. I'm trying to convert it. And I'm in the process of trying to fix my personality disorder. That's what Nisan and Ir are about. Sivan, no, there are no disorders because my personality actually can merge with divine presence, with the divine personality. It's Gavaldic. It's like living always in the Shemona Esrei. That's what Kabbalah's Torah is. We'll talk about that in the next paragraph. How this avoda of receiving the Torah is actually very much connected to the daily Shemona Esrei Amida prayer we'll talk about a little bit later. So that's what Sinai does for us. We completely remove or reframe our identity to be perfectly seamlessly expressions of God's truth within my person. I don't have to more, share more information. I see it. Good. Let's go by to my friends. Ready? All right. Bye. Okay. Ready, Rabbi? Okay, so we're holding um, on page 186. Let's see, count from the bottom of this paragraph. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, about 13 lines from the end of this paragraph on page 186. The first word on the line is legamri, then common. Let's start from the next word. This concept of seeing ourselves now as a different person. I'm not the same person post-Sinai as it was pre-Sinai. I see myself now 
framed in a context of everything about me is so exceptionally celebratory of a divine presence and everything about me can be an agent of that a seamless, perfect identity that is not about self, but it's selflessness. And in instead of myself, it's godliness, says the Rebbe, this is also a halacha that the Gemara talks about. Those of you, of you who do Dafyomi, who just had this a couple of pages ago. According to the Talmud and the halacha, that all the laws of conversion of a non-Jew becoming a Jewish person, we've learned out from the Sinai event. There's got to be the circumcision, the immersion in the mikvah. The Jewish people became, at the time of receiving the Torah, as converts to Judaism. They became different people. As the Gemara says, a convert to Judaism is like a newborn child. You're not the same person. You can't be the same person when you come to Sinai as a person who's not Jewish now, has a whole different set of relationship with his family from before his conversion, after conversion, a whole new set of realities because he's not the same person any longer, a different identity, a different person. That's according to the halacha as well. So when a person comes to Sinai and you come to Shavuos, you have to see yourself, hopefully during the 24, 48 hours of the Shavuos experience, the Sinai experience as walking out and saying, I see a different person. I'm a different reality. Like a convert comes to Judaism is not the same person after the immersion in the mikvah as they were prior to the immersion. Like a child that was just born. The time of revelation. You're a different person. I'm no longer being defined by the context of the way I thought and spoke and felt and my ideas and my feelings of yesterday. Now that I'm experiencing the Sinai revelation, I'm going through what we call before the Bittl B'metziyah's transformation. I see my identity being one with everything about me as a celebration of divine presence, that I'm not the same person that I was a moment ago, and I was still grappling with the challenges of distractions and my ideas and feelings that were not 100%, and I try to inform myself and bring brilliance of shine into my counting the Omer and transformation. That's up until Sinai. Once you hit Sinai, you're someone totally different. The reason for this is the reason that halachically we're not the same person after Sinai, like a convert is no longer the same person they are after conversion, is because in the soul inside, the Pneus and Yonin, a transformation is happening to you. You are actually not the same person. You're receiving this higher reality of divine presence. At the time of Sinai, the Jewish people were totally being transformed into a Torah identity, a Torah nation. Not just a Torah nation that you can study and gain information. You have a constitution of laws. That's not what it means. You become the experience of Torah. You become the wisdom and will of God as an expression in the physical realm. The two merge so perfectly, compatibly, and harmoniously. Wisdom of Hashem and your being, your person, your identity are one and the same. This tremendous light that God gave us at Sinai shined then and to all of us henceforth as being a people that not only informed with intelligence of divine wisdom, studying Torah, but we became actually ambassadors of that very wisdom and will. We became the Torah experience and our very identity. You're a new person. There's a, um, an interesting Gemara that talks about when the Jewish people were given the Ten Commandments, so the Torah says, we're going to read it 
on the day of Shavuos in the synagogue by Dabra Shemel of Chobin Israel, and God spoke to all the Jewish people and he said to them, Lamor saying over. So the sages say, when usually when it says Lamor, it means that God's telling Moshe or another righteous biblical individual to say it over to the Jewish people. But here, everybody was at Sinai, saw you at Sinai. Why does the Torah say Lamer to say over? One of the answers given by the great Talmudists, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shmuel, said that God actually wanted the Jewish people to respond. Say over, you accept. Sign on the dotted line, you accept this one. I am the Lord your God, yes or no, and so forth. So Lamer, say over. So interesting, there's, a, there's an interesting discussion in the Talmud but what exactly was the expectation of the Jews' response? I'm going to give you just one of the opinions, Rabbi Akiva's opinion. Rabbi Akiva says that the Jewish people said on each one of the Ten Commandments, here's the first one, you accept. And the Jewish people had to say yes or no. And the answer, of course, was that we said yes to all ten of them. They weren't multiple choice. We had them all, they all came together as one. And according to Rabbi Akiva, whether the mitzvah of the commandment was a positive one or a negative one, the positive, for example, believe in God. Yes. How about when it says, thou shalt not murder? What are they supposed to answer? No, we won't. Or yes, we will observe this law as well. Were they supposed to say yes or no, depending upon the variance of the different, the different uh, mitzvah, different of, of the Ten Commandments. So according to Rabbi Akiva, they responded yes to all ten of them. In other words, they weren't supposed to say yes to the positive ones. And no, we won't violate the negative ones. Rabbi Ishmael says that. He disagrees with Rabbi Akiva. That depends upon the individual commandment. If it was a positive one, say yes. If it's a negative, say no, I will not violate Shabbat. I will not uh, murder the other negative commandments. You had to answer, according to Rabbi Ishmael, depending upon the individual one. According to Rabbi Akiva, al-hain hain the Allah hain That's his words in the Gemara. For the positive ones, yes. And for the negative one, yes, whatever. So the Rebbe explains, what does that mean? That when a person reaches Sinai, he's able to identify himself with the divine will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that they're all yeses. Even the one that I'm not supposed to do, that don't, thou shalt not murder, that's a yes. We're jumping in. Even the ones that are negative in nature, for the Jewish person who reaches this transformative experience of Sinai being identified by that divine essential presence, it's yes. It's a somersault of yes. Of course we will do this. Of course we will keep Shabbos and we won't violate. Of course we will not do this or whatever the commandment might be. We transcend ourselves from the variations of the human condition whereby we decipher and analyze yes, yes, no, no. We go through the different process. We see them all as a powerful inspiration of yes, we will do them. We transcend the variations of the human condition conversation and we say they're all yes. That's Rabbi Akiva's position. And that's why he also says that when the Torah says that the Jewish people saw the thunder, Rowan and Sekolos, how do you see thunder? It says, that, look in the book of Exodus, it says the Jewish people, because when you become redefined by that divine essence, so that which is usually only heard, which is something usually analyzed, is no longer a context of analysis of hearing. I see it. I get it. We can see the thunder because when you, you're living in the world of conversation and dialogue, so I see what is seen and I hear what is heard. That's the natural condition. 
At Sinai, we became unnatural realities, unnatural in the sense of being defined by the natural conditions of the world's dictates and mandates. Now I see that which is usually heard. In other words, that which is spiritual and something usually subject to analysis and conversation and discussion and study. At the time of Sinai, by that transformative experience, I see that which is heard. It's so clear, it's so tangible, it's so real. Yes, to all of the Ten Commandments. Yes, everything which is usually analytical and discussed doesn't remain abstract and superficial and just discussed. I see it, identify, I permeate it. That becomes my identity. That's receiving the Torah at Sinai, the third step in the process of coming out of slavery of Egypt and becoming a true identifiable ambassador for God at Sinai. L'chaim, that's what this is all about. L'chaim, L'chaim. Any questions, any thoughts? Do you see where the Rebbe is going with this? That, that's the Bithlam Metzitz. Everything is, of course, yes, in the service of Hashem. Everything, of course, which is not just study and analytical and some to discussion. I'm so much in the reality of a holier presence in this bit, we call that Bithlam that that becomes your identity, it becomes your personality. And it's yes. It's not necessarily needing, needing myself to be always in the context of study, analysis, We'll put it for committee. We'll take a vote. It's all in this beautiful area of divine presence and the, and, the, and the tangibility of truth that goes along with that. I see that which is usually only something understood in superficial or abstract ways. It becomes very personal to myself. Rabbi? Yes. Rabbi, excuse yeah. me. I just have a question. On the word Messias, um, would a way to translate that be like the external presentation of oneself or something? Could you give us a little bit more about the root metaphor of Metzius, please? Metzius literally means your presentation of self, your identity. Okay. So at Sinai, we, we, we be able to replace the Metzius of identity as being another part of the created existence and now I became identified by the creator's reality and truth. So my prior Matthias becomes bottled, becomes abnegated, it becomes lost in the presence of this divine revelation. And I see myself as that new person. I'm no longer that person. Okay. In other words, you see your very existence in a new life. And that's what Yiddishkeit's really all about. It's a I'm wonderful not, wordplay on coming out of Mitzrayim. This you know? is not coming out of Mitzrayim. Matzah, Matzah, all of it together. It's just, yes. yeah, great. Thank you. I had a hunch. Okay, it's wonderful. Very powerful, which tells us that since that becomes a new identity, that we're never, ever trapped by circumstance. Circumstances are the things that happen in the noisy world that we live in. Circumstances, events and challenges and the different difficulties of life, and we allow ourselves to be defined only by them, then sometimes we get stuck. But to see ourselves in a higher reality, I'm not stuck, a Jew is never stuck, because I'm I'm living in the omnipotence world, omnipresence world. And that reality, this hope, this future, this celebration in every moment of life. There's an excitement in seeing every beauty of every mitzvah. It's all that Rabbi Kiva says, Hain, hain, the Allah hain. Yes, 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 positive or negative. It's all the positive energy. I see that which is usually heard. It's not just me, an abstract concept that I'm hearing about. This is me. I see it. I resonate with that. 
That's the beauty of this. This is this is what Shavuos is about, according to Hasidic literature. Yeah. Now, I, I go back to uh, the famous story that Rabbi Dr. Jonathan Sachs, Oliver Shalom, told over the first time he met the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's it's, it's worth it's worth repeating that when he, he came as a young student at Cambridge University to interview Jewish leaders from around the world. He came from England, from Cambridge to the United States to meet different rabbis and different Jewish leaders. He said that his experience with the Rebbe, when he came to see the Rebbe as well, sometime in the middle of one night, he came for a private audience with the Rebbe that was granted to him. All of a sudden, the Rebbe turned the tables on him. He came to interview Jewish leaders, and all of a sudden, the Rebbe is interviewing him about who he is and what he's doing. And the Rebbe is asking him questions, because that was the Rebbe. He was there to inspire. Uh, and he says to him, he says, how many Jewish students are in Cambridge University? He asks Jonathan Sachs. A blessed memory, such a special man, blessed memory. He says, how many Jewish students? He says, I'm not sure, so many, so many. He says, are many of them involved in Jewish studies? I'm not so sure. That wasn't his thing. He wasn't majoring in rabbinics at this point. The future subsequent chief rabbi of the, of the British Empire. I'm not, I'm not majoring. So then the rabbi says, if you, there are Jewish students there and you can teach something, you have to get involved. And he made that statement, he quoted so many times. I told the rabbi, he says, the situation I find myself in, and the Rebbe interjected. <laughs> says, you don't find yourself in situations, you put yourself in situations. This is what we're talking about, Bittal B'Metzis. You see yourself as always, yes, I can make a difference. I can make a change. We can change. You put yourself into situations. If you're defined by the noise of the world and the limitations of seeing the world from the context of your identity, I'm trying to inform my identity, that I'm bound by that identity and its limitations. But if I may see myself being connected to an omnipotent God, then I can put myself into another situation. I can change. We can change ourselves and we can change the world by seeing that, that infinite context. I remember that later at the, um, many years later when Dr. Rabbi Sachs spoke at the International Convention for Shluchim, so, the Rebbe made him become a rabbi. He said, you, could, you, you can make a difference. And he became the chief rabbi. He says, he said the following, Dr. Sachs said the following. He says, most people look at other people and see what they seem to be. He says, great people look at others and see what they are. But really great people, and the Rebbe was one of those, he says, see what they can become. Not what they seem to be, not what they are, what can they become? The Rebbe is teaching us over here how he sees everybody and himself, what you can become. So the Bittal Mimitzias, if you allow yourself to release that layer of identity, the sluggishness of our corporality, the materialism, and let the truth of our neshama come out, which is what Sinai was all about, which means what we're all about. Like we said, the halacha. At Sinai, we became different people different persons, we're no longer that same person, then the impossible is quite possible. You can see us existence in a whole new life, a whole new reality. You can change yourself and change the whole world. How many thousands and tens of thousands of people were inspired by Rabbi Sachs because they never saw what he could become. Being a rabbi was the furthest thing from his imagination at that point, but they never saw he could become. And that's what the Rebbe is teaching us here at Sinai, what we can all become. Let's go back to the Maimon, my friend. Um, 
it says the Rebbe Vahe'inyan, the Bithu B'Metzias, this concept of Bithu B'Metzias, seeing ourselves defined by this new identity, my identity not being defined by the sluggishness of the challenges of the world around me and being stuck in that limitation. This is much, much higher than the service of Hashem of counting the Omer, where I'm trying to inform my life with a greater value system and change myself. Who's the point of reference in that process? It's me trying to change myself. I need to do that because I don't always live at Sinai, so to speak. So I have to work on myself and I have to make myself less selfish and less obnoxious and less challenging. I've got to do that. But this is so different. This now shares in a bit When you're doing that, you're not re- you're not really completely being identified by the presence of our Kodesh Baruch Hu. I'm just trying to be informed by God's will and wisdom, so I live a better life, a holier life. But still, myself, with all my limitations and frailties, the point of reference. the Kevin this so clearly when I'm in stage two, when I'm in the month of year right now, it's not Bittleben Matthias. I'm trying to make my Matthias holier, nicer, gentler. I'm trying to get information to become a nicer person. But the point of reference there is my person. And we need to do this. To get the sign, we need to do that. We have to know there's a big difference between stage two and stage three. I understand better value system. I understand the beauty of Torah and mitzvahs, and I want to inculcate that into my personality. So I'm trying to become a better person. So I'm not trying to change my person. I'm trying to inform and enlighten and elevate my personality. Once I've done that, and I've tried to totally immerse myself into this higher value system, then comes the gift of the third month, which is the month of Bittu B'Metzius, now you're able to allow yourself to be the ambassador of the divine in seeing yourself as a totally new person, existence in a whole new fresh life. This is like we spoke about at the beginning of this mimer, the keser, the crown, the essence of Hashem that's not bound by the noise of the world that you're trying to fix. This third level is the crown that fence around the world, the silence of God's essence. And that's what Sinai represents, that crowning achievement. So no longer am I bound by trying to inform myself becoming a better person. That's the month of ear we're in right now. Sinai represents I become an ambassador of divine essence. Everything is this beautiful silence of divine presence that is my person completely. Says that ever, guess what? You think about it. So stage three is more connected to stage one than it is to stage two. What was stage one? Compelling myself, do the right thing. Bittal, giving something up. I'm with my neighbors in Mitzray, in Egypt. My neighbors did this. I've done this for 210 years in exile and it's comfortable. And Ayit says, no, I can't continue being that type of a person. Egyptian culture is antithetical to Torah culture. I'm stopping, I'm saying no, Bittal. So that bittle is more connected to stage three bittle than stage two is because they both represent the fact that I'm changing myself. I can't be there. I'm, a, I'm, going to, I'm going to activate a power of compelling myself to be a different person. So that level of abnegation 
more resembles stage three than stage two to the number three, as he explains. So three lines before the bottom of the paragraph, and I'll explain. Stage number one, a person says, it doesn't matter how comfortable I am. I'm not going to give credence and credibility to my thought processes because I've just got to get out of this negative environment. I have to stop doing that thought, speech, or action. I'm compelling myself. I'm not allowing myself to go into the process of inculcating new ideas. That's stage number two. Stage number one is I'm compelling myself to go transcendent of logic, leave the, leave the bad neighborhood, leave negative behavior, leave negative experiences. So stage three is like that as well. I release myself from the limits of things how I understand. I'm allowing God's understanding to become my understanding. So stage number one and stage number three are very symmetrically connected in the fact that both of them represent I'm surrendering myself to a higher truth and a higher power. In stage number one, I'm forcing myself. In stage number three, I'm enjoying the experience of God becoming my identity in real terms, tangibly. Yes, yes. Everything is a yes. Everything's a celebration. Let's finish this paragraph. And that's why the bittle of the Abaydis is Hafya is a preparation to number three, the bittle b'metzias of Ma'antayr. Mr. Shem, tomorrow we're going to learn more about the avoda of receiving the Torah leaving our priors and becoming this new ambassadors of this divine essence is something we do every single day, not just when it comes to the holiday of Shavuot. Every single day and how he's going to explain the efficacy and power of prayer. Talk about that Mitzvah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so try to come back tomorrow, Mitzvah. Thanks for joining again. Michelle, good to see you. Back. Hi, thank you. Good to be well, back. Have a great day. Great. Have a good day, everybody. So, Rabbi, we're going to talk about living in the Shemona Esrei tomorrow. That's right. Okay. I guess I guess the Rabbi here is giving a glimpse into how he viewed the world, that perspective, that a person doesn't judge others by what the what the cover says. Mm -hmm. Don't judge just things the world because of the noise of the physical reality of externalisms, but to get to the core essence is what Sinai did for the Jewish people to define ourselves by the neshama, by the essence of our Kodesh Baruch Hu, the beauty of Torah's deepest values, when you do that, then there's nothing that's impossible. You never find yourself in a situation. You create situations. You create constant celebrations of being able to be an ambassador of truth, of endless. Being defined by the essence of Hashem and the essence of your own neshama is so powerfully exhilarating. You're not defining yourself by the distractions of the world. I try to overcome the distractions, that's stage number two, inform, get the information, Omer, shine, be better, and so forth and so on. The goal has to be to see the higher reality. It's not just higher in, a, in an abstract way. That's my reality. That's who I became, actually. Anochi, Hashem Elokecha. I, who I am, become God, that your Lord, possessive, your Lord. You take ownership of that. That concept of godliness because it's part of the reality as well. Gavaldik, my friend. Gavaldik, Lechayim, Lechayim. Lechayim, Lechayim. Thank you. Amen. Lechayim, Lechayim. Lechayim, Lechayim. Thank you. Okay, we'll continue tomorrow to see how this is the davening experience on a regular basis. Thank you. Not all of davening, a certain part of davening, the different parts of davening. Some part of davening is more associated with the counting the Omer. 
and the excitement of transformation in the sense of Tikkun Hamidos, another part of Davin is going to be right there at Sinai at the highest level. Tomorrow morning, kind of whet your appetites. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Here. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A wonderful day. Beautifully good.